Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And as a shakeup to the box office draft, I will be invoking the replacement clause and unveiling which upcoming film is joining my roster. We'll also be discussing the busiest indie darling of the year so far, Past Lives. That would be buzziest. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> start out with some news for the DCU. We have the announcements for who will be playing Superman and Lois Lane. David Cornsweet is going to be Superman and Rachel Brosnahan from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel going to be Lois Lane. Thoughts? I, I read somewhere that they have the biggest height difference between a Superman and a Lois Lane casting of all time and then I was confused because I thought Rachel Brosnahan was tall and it turns out she's 5'3". I didn't know that. I thought she was taller than that. But uh, yeah, they 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 are almost a foot apart in height. But yeah, I like it. I love Rachel Brosnahan. I don't know who David Cornsweet is, but we'll see. Yeah, he was he was someone that was in Pearl, mm. and I liked him in that. That's the only thing I've seen him in. It's a very different role than what Clark Kent would be. However, if you've seen pictures of him, he definitely looks the part of Superman. And yeah, he was able to beat out at least Nicholas Holt, and then there was one other guy I think named Tom Brittany. They were all the people that were brought in for testing. So he beat out both of them. He's now the new Superman. So there you go. All right. We also got some trailer talks starting with Dune Part 2. We got uh, a new trailer for that. Did you did you like that? Oh, my gosh. Looks so good. good. Yeah. I like that, how he rides the worm. That was fantastic. But then that whole, I mean, it was a big three-minute trailer showing so many amazing, gorgeous visuals. It's going to look just as good as that first one. It looks action-packed. It looks like it's going to have a lot more Zendaya this time. Um, I think we already got more lines from her in this new trailer than what she had in the whole film of part one. Sick. But I'm very excited. This one definitely got me hyped up more than the initial teaser trailer they did for part two. Incredible. We also have a trailer for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Ryan, did you watch that trailer? I did watch the trailer. Thoughts? It looks not great but it looks like it'd be a fun time i think it's worth a shot i mean Uh, yeah for sure it's made me more excited than i was before which is not at all were you a five nights at freddy's player nope never played it once but i will check out the movie because uh i mean it doesn't look terrible it's worth a shot it's actual real puppets instead of cgi i know which i I think is kind of it would have been absurd though if they went the cgi route a little bit i mean a part of the whole like horror of it is uh like uncanny valley aspect of these huge animatronic animals mm. i feel like they needed to recreate that and they did so it works. all right let's go to the box office breakdown for june 23rd to the 25th across the spiders with 19 million got back into the number one spot in its fourth weekend so unseating the flash that is crazy i knew it would i had a feeling Coming in second was Elemental with 18.4 million. That's a 37% drop. The Flash with 15.1 million having a steep drop in its second weekend with 200 million worldwide only. And that is why, spoiler alert, 
this is going to be the film that I am dropping from my roster. Big sad. Uh, after that was No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence uh, comedy made $15 million. Transformers Rise of the Beasts with $11 million. Asteroid City, $9 million. Little Mermaid with $8.5 million, grossing $500 million worldwide. Guardians 3 with $3.4 million, bringing its domestic total to $351 million. Love to see it. Big hit. The Blackening with $3 million. And finally, The Boogeyman with $2.5 million. And for the box office predictions for June 30 to July 2nd, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Dylan, what were you hoping this would get when you selected for the roster? What were you thinking was the potential? I was hoping it would out? break 100 million over the first week, which is what the fourth movie did when it first came out. I was mm-hmm. hoping it would have the same hype, and it has not, which we will talk about in the next episode. My comment talking about The Flash, where I was like, oh, we'll see when Indy opens up to 55 million. Seems like that was. Pretty prophetic. So, <laughs> we'll now go into the replacement pick. So, as we always do for the box office drafts, we are allotted one wildcard pick where if it doesn't turn out well, we can drop it from a roster and pick a new film that is still yet to release in the year. And I'm going to go ahead and do that now. I'm getting rid of the flash. Horrible bomb. Yeah. Historic. Hate to see it on my end, but. It's, yeah, we got to cut it loose. And there are a few major blockbusters left to release, mostly in November and December. And I am going to go with Dune Part 2. Not surprised. I think it will, at the least, be able to match what the original did, which was $400 million worldwide. This was back in 2021, so pandemic was still a major factor. And it was released day and date on HBO Max. So that had to have cut a lot of its legs and a lot of its box office gross potential so with dune part two you should still get at least 400 million but it's a second part it's going to be the big like conclusion to adapting that first book of dune so hopefully people will be able to come out and be satisfied with it i know that was some of the criticism of the first one was that it was just half of the movie you know literally half of the book so hopefully this one will uh, make sure that all of those complaints are gone. And it did really well in certain markets like Europe. I think, I can't remember if it was released in China or not, but I think it was. I think it did fairly well there. So hopefully it'll match its performance at the minimum, which would put it still well ahead of the flash. And hopefully it'll be able to rise up to 600 million. Hopefully that'll be where it ends up. We will see, but I'm confident in that being my selection rather than some of the other blockbusters that might be a safer pick, but I definitely believe more in this one and it not being a superhero film, it being much more auteur driven with the evil new. I'm hoping that it'll be a nice selection to round out my roster. All righty, Rue. Now we can move on to our main topic of discussion, which is going to be Celine Song's directorial debut, Past Lives. So it's starring Greta Lee, Tiao Yu, and John McGarrow. And the basic premise is that these two characters who grew up together in uh, Korea have, one of them has separated uh, young into childhood, and then they reconnected online for a little bit in their early 20s for a long period of time, had a very strong connection, but then that fell apart because they were never able to make it work. And then 12 years later, uh, Greta Lee's character has become married to a white man, and 
her uh, long lost childhood crush has come to visit her. And uh, that's pretty much the basic premise. Here to talk about it with us is Lillian Snyder and Carlos Irizarry. Not Carlos Irizarry. <laughs> He's just in the room, but he might he might chime in. But we got Lillian Snyder here with us. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you been? So what were you, how did you guys hear about this movie first? I heard about it from Ryan. Ryan, how did you hear about it? So I just saw it. Well, I think initially I heard some buzz about it from Sundance because that's where it had premiered. It was far and away the most lauded film that came out from there. But I think I really got turned on to it when it came to the A24's YouTube channel. They released the trailers there. And so it just popped up in my recommended feed. So I click on that. Not thinking too much of it because it's not like any A24 film. I'll watch a trailer for this one for a reason. I was like, yeah, let me give that one a go since I've heard enough about it already. And then I just fell in love with the trailer. It was so gorgeous, so amazing, so moving in just that like two minute snippet. So immediately I was like, okay, this needs to be like number one on the anticipation list. And I had to put on other people's radar. So I told you about it as well. Mm-hmm. And you went out and saw the trailer and also fell in love with it. So. Yeah, that's how for me, I decided that past life was or past lives was a film that we needed to see. Lillian, how'd you hear about it? Um, I think I saw not you guys specifically, but like some of my other friends like were excited about it. Like I think some of them saw it before we went to go see it, um, and they all said like it was great. And for me, I like just looked up the basic premise, which is you know two. Two people who haven't seen each other in 20 years, like reconnect is like all of the logline that I got. So I didn't really know anything going into it other than like, oh, this is going to be a very like emotional people driven movie, which I was like, I'm going to get ready to cry. Um, but yeah, I heard a lot of good things and I was really excited to go see it. It was definitely like on it was like number one of the movies I wanted to see out of this this list of the box office options. Awesome. Now we all saw it together. We all walked out of the theater together. What were your remind me what your initial impressions were without getting too deep into the weeds? What did you think about the movie getting out of that theater, Ryan? So I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It lived up to the expectations, which continually got higher and higher as it got closer to us watching it. Um, but I think it absolutely stuck the landing, which was essential, I think, for a film like this. And I mean, it's a, as Lily pointed out, it's people driven. It's just them going through like these small snippets of their lives. It's very slice of life, but it's all oriented around these like three people basically and their connections to each other. So there's not much like conflict or drama outside of that. It's just like these people having this circumstance pop up in their lives that like, quietly disrupts things and then they have to deal with it. So it's, at a gentle pace it's very slow going but i think it was able to build up to such an emotionally complex finale and it absolutely hit the way that it needed to so i loved it really yeah i would definitely agree with that i again i didn't have very many expectations going in so i like i don't think well i guess i had a few i had a lot of people tell me not a lot but a good handful of people tell me that it was like very good they loved it but I, again, didn't have expectations of, like, what the characters would do. Um, I honestly wasn't even certain it was going to be a romance, like, when I walked in there. Um, 
but I definitely I loved every minute of it and it just it felt very like genuine and and like these are like unfortunate situations that real people do find themselves in and there's like not a whole lot you can do about it and so it just felt very I would agree like complex in its ending of you know sometimes that's just how the cookie crumbles and and these are the choices that you have to make in life so I I loved it Dylan what about you so I had very, very high expectations going into the theater, which worked against me. I think I need to watch it again to have a better perspective on my thoughts on the movie. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well made. I thought it was shot beautifully. I thought it was cast really well. I thought so much of it was fantastic. It's just it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, which will always, always be disappointing in its own way. But I thought it did do a lot of beautiful, amazing things with, with like the way it approached the characters, the way it approached the story. And I thought the last 20 minutes of the movie was flawless, like perfectly executed. Fantastic. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So it was a little disappointing in that sense, but I think if I watched it again, I would like it a lot more. All right, there we go. So now we can move on from initial impressions. We're gonna start getting into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen Past Lives yet, yourself a favor go out and watch it before it leaves theaters that's a smaller indie film there's a whole bunch of blockbusters at the multiplex right now but this one is absolutely worth your time so go and see that but let's get into the spoilers so the very beginning which was just a bar prologue where we are in a point of view of some characters we don't see we don't know but they're just random people that are at a bar and they're looking at these three main characters having a conversation and they're commenting on it, playing that game of who are these people to each other. So Liliana, you had some thoughts about this very intriguing choice that the filmmakers made of how to start out the story. So what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, so it, that's the opening shot of the movie is you just see these people sitting there and you're like, and it's like some unknown voices. You can't see who these like, people are but they're just like basically watching the movie as we are but they just have these three people in front of them and you never you never see who says that but they're like who are they who, who do you think they are to each other and as it opened the film i was like oh okay yeah that i do play that game with my friends or like what do you think those people are doing today and what are what are what is their story and so i didn't when it when I first saw it, like, I didn't hate it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but looking back on it, I was like, what an odd way to be so, like, out of this very intimate story where you're very focused on, like, just, really just these two individuals. Um, to have pulled out like that, and it's the only time they do that, to, like, try and look on these people as a stranger, just felt very out of place with the rest of the movie. I didn't hate it, but I, I do think it was an odd choice. And I think if I were making that movie, I wouldn't have put that scene in. I liked it. I, th I liked the approach. To, it felt very much like we are going to get this personal story with these three characters for the next hour and 40-ish minutes. So here's a little intro of like, of like, it feels like if they were in this situation, they would have that awareness of being like, oh, people might be looking at us wondering what we are to each other because we don't, the way who we are to we are, who 
we are to each other actually might not look like what we actually are. If that makes any sense. Does that make any sense what I just said? Okay. I just, I felt like taking that breath and like pulling out from, cause that is like the emotional or that is like one of the, it is the small emotional climax before the big emotional climax is that scene of them at the bar where all three of them are talking together. And, and it's, it's a very intense scene later in the movie or like not intense. It's a very emotional scene later in the movie. And I think it's important that we like preface it with this outside look opinion at what is going on and saying like, Hey, these, these, who are they to each other? Like asking those questions, setting that up. And then the, the thought process going on and like, they don't, they are not who do, they are not to each other who they look like. God damn it. <laughs> they are not to each other who, what they look like they are. Great. Yeah. I think it, it is an effective opening just because it is throwing you for a loop. I think it definitely distances you a bit from the story you're about to plunge into for the rest of the film. So I think that is a unique way to open it. And then I think it, it helps set us into that mood of this being a very like honest and authentic look at these characters as more so real people. Cause again, you could just find these people at a bar or at a restaurant and you'd be playing that same game with them as we did, like when we went to dinner afterwards, we literally played that game with a table that was next to us. So I think that helps add to the authenticity of it, of like this could be legitimately a real story that you would see play out if you were going at a restaurant and just seeing like, oh, these three people that are together, what's their story? And I also think thematically it adds to the idea of Inyun. Like I think part of what maybe they were going for with that opening was when you are at a restaurant or at a bar, you aren't ever actually interacting with those people that are across the way, but you are still crossing paths in a way. And you're imagining, oh, what is their lives? Like, what is all the stuff that came before them that led them up to here, where we are now able to observe them and they're able to observe us? So that idea of like, oh, we are coming into this story, just like these random disembodied voices of random bar goers, they are also meeting this like level of Inyun where they're able to see our three main characters, um, and then we, at least the audience, are able to then dive into what was their story that brought them to that point, which, as you said before, is like the pre-emotional climax. Like it definitely is that what would be a traditional climax. Um, it is for how like simple and how little stakes there actually are to it in terms of like external drama. Like nothing's life-threatening. It was a very intense conversation and definitely was like a reckoning for how is this relationship going to play out? Like, are they going to end up being, someone's going to go back to their childhood sweetheart or is she going to remain with um, her husband? And then this childhood friend is going to be like the last time that they cross paths. So I think in that way, it was a really effective and fairly subtle way to touch on the themes of like, oh, here we as the audience, same with these random bargoers that are observing them. We're at some layer of Inyun where we're able to cross paths with them and get a glimpse into their lives. So yeah, I thought it was effective. Um, let's move on to the childhood section. So it's actually the structure of it split up, which I did not know before this, even though I had seen the trailer and things like that. I assumed that it would be their childhood friends and then we cut 20 years later and then this is the reconnect. But I also thought that that was going to be the case. Yeah, but they did it in a different way, which is pretty intriguing as well of we have three different time periods. One when they're 12, one when they're 24, and then one when they're 36. Which I preferred. 
Yeah. I thought that was an improvement on what I thought was going to happen. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I do think we needed more of them, like, as adults having a more genuine connection so that it wasn't like, oh, they're just riding on, like, the nostalgia for who they were as kids and what they thought, like, maybe could have happened. There was no genuine, real romantic connection that they felt as adults. But that, again, they couldn't really, like, bring that to fruition. They had to go their separate ways. So that makes the ache of the longing and the what could have been that much more brutal. So, yeah, with the childhood section, which isn't too long, um, but it's yeah, just showing them going about their daily lives. It also started off in a pretty interesting way of her, like, crying and him being like, are you upset because I got like a higher grade than you? <laughs> um, so that was a fun little way to open it of him. Again, it's not like a real intense conflict, but it's still them, like, not having a laugh together. It's her, like, crying because she's jealous of him finally being able to like one grade better than her so it was a fascinating opening um yeah that whole beginning part just set the stage a very beautiful little snippet almost short film that could have stood on its own of these childhood friends getting to that stage where there's like something blossoming there like they even go on a date and it's like chaperoned by their parents because they're still at that age where they can't like go anywhere else on their own yeah but it's cute because they're holding hands in the backseat of the car on the way back mm-hmm. and she's like laying on them asleep it's cute yeah, playing on the playground. Yeah, they go in the little faces, yeah. put their heads through the faces. Mm-hmm. Very, very cute. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought I liked the whole childhood section a lot. It just felt very real and authentic, as the whole movie does, and it just felt cute. And I thought it was a good way to like set up the characters and who they were, and just in their interaction with each other. I liked it. It was, it was just very wholesome, very nice. Agreed. That is an interesting point you brought up. Of it does, it opens with her crying and him being like, "Are you mad at me? Are you are you mad at me?" <laughs> and I like at this point, I didn't know their relationship, and so because in that opening bar scene, one of the disembodied voices goes, "Oh, maybe maybe they're siblings." I thought they were siblings when they were walking home like that, and and. You know, the, the idea of a grade being better than the other one. I thought that was like a sibling rivalry type. Just because that thought had been put into my head, that was like what I was initially thinking until obviously you see them in the classroom and she's like doodling on his arm and making cute faces and, and stuff. You know, you know, the things you do when you're 12. So, but that is an interesting way. And I don't know that, I mean, obviously my experience was not, your experience and so there are definitely people who didn't who weren't slightly misled in the first two minutes but it is an interesting way to open it i don't i wonder what they wanted to accomplish with that establish that she's a crybaby <laughs> she is that is a that is a factor that comes back up but yeah it also does show like she's very driven which we see come through mm. multiple other times especially mm. in that second segment of why she cuts him off there is because she doesn't need the distraction when she's trying to progress in her career and get to where she wants to be so we see already from there like she's crying because her friend was able to get one single grade better than her so yeah i think that does a nice job setting it up um so yeah and then the we see that her family is going to immigrate so she's having to leave and then of course hey sung is very much disappointed and salty in that so then we see their routine of when they're walking back home it's entirely quiet and there's so much that is unspoken and that he wishes they could say but 
they end up just getting to that corner and then parting ways. He does give one like, oh, hey, bye. But that was it for what was 12 years and what could have been forever. And then, of course, we got to mention that shot, though, of the, oh, yeah. <laughs> at the, the money shot going off. I mean, beautiful. one of the two money shots in the movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought that was a very effective beginning part there. Again, you could feel the sense of like there was a lack of completion there. And they wanted to say so much, but they couldn't. He was salty in that part. She, mm-hmm. I think, also didn't really know how to handle um, like leaving and not knowing what his response would be and his coldness to it. So I think that was a really effective way. And then we jump in the next section, like to immediately her trying to find him and then discovering that he had also a few years prior tried to find her mm-hmm. through Facebook. So we just immediately jump into them reconnecting in that way through Facebook and having these Skype calls where mm-hmm. she's in New York and he's in Seoul. Yeah. And then I like that we catch up on those 12 years through them because it's, it's, like the whole movie, the whole thread of the movie is the relationship between each other. So the whole point is to see the two of them together for almost like 95% of the movie is the two of them together. In the scenes. And so I like that there's a 12 year time jump. There's two 12 year time jumps and we catch up with the characters on those time jumps through each other in their conversations with each other. I think that's very smart. Yeah, I also I think the the movie in general did a good job of like not being expository, like overly expository. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of learn what happened to them, like through their like normal conversations and, and, you know, like the things they have on their desk, which might've been a bit obvious, but um, like in general, you just kind of pick up bits and pieces about their lives. And like, <laughs> like at the end of the movie, when Dylan goes, Oh, I didn't even know he was an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's those types of things where like you you weren't there for like their college decisions or their you know the classes that they chose and it's just like oh i'm going to class and i'm doing this thing and it is it just comes up very naturally like in conversations and you find out like what their goals are through that um but always in relation to each other yeah very true i would say i would have liked a few more scenes going into a little bit more detail of each of them on their own i agree we get snippets of like she's at a meeting with um like people was she working at a publisher at that point or something because that was when she was like trying to do writing so i forget what exactly she was i don't remember doing there but then we also see like snippets of him in the military snippets of him at college but i would have liked to just like had a bit more of getting a glimpse into what they were doing in their daily lives when they were separate from each other. But I think for the most part, yeah, the construction of they, like we, the audience, learn about them through how they inform each other of what's been going on in their lives. It's very smart um, to do it that way. It does let you again hone in on just this relationship as being the main essential part of the film. But still, I think some focus on each of them separately would have helped in that like second section to give more of an understanding to especially her decision when she sort of like decides to cut off the relationship. I think we see and they do a good job of like that little montage and it's like splitting back and forth between New York and Seoul and we see the different time zones and how every now and then like they're missing each other and they're sort of getting too busy and it's just an awkward time for each of them. 
to try and meet up with each other. It just doesn't work with their schedules. So we see them sort of like drifting apart a little bit in that way. But I would have loved to get a better understanding of like where exactly she was in her career to where she was like, okay, I need to absolutely like stop this. Is they had said as well, they were like, oh, when's the next time we can see each other? He mentioned he was going to go to China to do to learn the language there, which would help with his engineering. That was where that info came in. Um, he and said then, business, I believe. Well, you said it would help with my business. He might have said career. Career as well would not be engineering. <laughs> my engineering career. <laughs> so like that, when said it, and then she was like, oh, the next time I would be able to go to Saul is like a year from now. I would have liked a bit more of just like, where was she at? Like, was she right on the cusp of some breakthrough or something like that where she had to be like, okay, I need to hunker down and absolutely focus in on this and can't be distracted too much by Sung. Um, but it still, I think, was very effective. And we see him, how it was affecting him. What was that one line that he was saying? Because he started like tearing up, crying, and he was like, oh, don't worry about it. Because she apologized. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's not like we were dating or anything yeah. or we were a couple. But it's like, clearly, you guys had gone into that sort of phase, even if it wasn't named as that. It was mm-hmm. definitely that sort of relationship. So, Well, yeah. I don't know, Ryan. Was there any point in your college career where you would have been comfortable like flying to Korea, like at any point, what do you think you could have taken that? I don't know that it necessarily matters so much to me of like, oh, I want to know where she was in her schooling that she couldn't do that. But I don't know that, like, would you have been, would you have said you could have flown over there at any time? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Just have a flight. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, Korea's not that well, d- what's interesting is that Dylan, I think you and I both would have. Oh. I don't know that Ryan would have. Interesting. Let's unpack that. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> thoughts on what Lillian said? Um, do you think you would go to Korea for someone I think in, it's in the for middle a of college? specific like time period? Like, obviously, you're not going to go during the middle of your semester, but in the winter break or summer break, I feel like there would be some time where you could do that. I also don't think she was actively in school at that point, which may or may not contribute to it more. Because she was 24, I think she would have graduated by then, unless she was in the master's program. So I think like you are. So I think <laughs> that now that you're in a master's program, Ryan, and you're yeah. on the cusp of twenty three, would you go to uh Korea for someone in this in this busy period of your life? Would you find the time? Uh this summer maybe it could have, but for the next two years of the program, absolutely not. Oh, oh. in the next two years when you'll be twenty four as she was? <laughs> we don't know what you think minute. you would have possibly had to have waited a year. Hold on now. <laughs> My <laughs> goodness. But you all have the context of like the program and what happens in the <laughs> second and third year. That's well, not saying I just doesn't. wanted to know what she the was doing. The listener doesn't. And the listener is saying, I get it, Ryan. You're busy. <laughs> you don't need to elaborate more than that. <laughs> no, I think we needed a bit more to understand like why it was so crucial that, again, you could wait a year or two. Like I'd be like, oh, two years from now, sure, I'll go visit in Seoul. I mean, I'm doing that with Mason. I'm like, we'll go to Paris. We'll do our Europe trip. Yeah, but you see Mason there. in between. I mean, that's true. But I'm saying the principle of like, during this period of time, I can't. But one year from now, like, yes, we can do it. But do you think you would be able to keep up like a like a, a vast, like a, a more deepening relationship as it's growing just completely long distance like that without seeing sure. each other? I'm not sure. Because long distance. It's hard. It is difficult. From what I hear. But you saw they clearly had a solid connection there. And again, they weren't 
like they weren't officially dating or anything like that. So they could have still been just close friends, which is what they were. And then that option is left open for when they are able to meet up in person. But I think she cut it off is because she was getting feelings for him and developing stronger and stronger feelings. And she didn't want to keep going in that direction and not be able to develop it more together. Yeah, I think she was like she said, instead of working on my schoolwork or whatever she was supposed to be working on, she was instead looking up flights to Seoul. Right. She like like her work was suffering because she was focusing so much of her time on like making the time to video chat with him and trying to find time to go see him. And I think the fact that she couldn't keep doing both at the level she wanted to, she made a decision to because it would be too painful to like continue seeing him without being able to like fly there like to keep having those chats without with the knowledge that it couldn't progress any further i think that was too painful for her and so she said i have to stop for a little bit until i can complete my work and then maybe after that like when i when i'm able to do more for this relationship i feel like of the three of us you would connect the most with that ryan in terms I mean, of like, I'm just saying, I wanted to see the part where the work is suffering because of it. Like, I wanted to see more of, and that goes to the part I like I want that. to see each of them in their own lives. I wanted to see like what was she working on, what specific project was it? Because again, for me in my life, obviously I know what that is. I and can see you guys point. know what it is, so you would understand as well. Like, oh, this is why during this time frame it wouldn't work. But afterwards, I would say that might I want to be... know what was her project that she was doing and how exactly was it directly being suffered? Because I mean, yeah, I remember that getting brought up of like I'm looking at plane tickets and whatnot um which I think was more of like just an illustration of how she was being distracted but I want to see more of like okay so what were you working on day to day that gets interrupted by this uh connection with someone that you can't fully commit to or invest in at this point in time yeah like that was just all I wanted to see there but overall I mean it makes sense like I can agree yeah. I I think I think I have the same problem with the movie in the sense that I wish I saw them more as individuals as opposed to like, I like learning about their history together and then seeing them spend so much time together in the movie. But I wish there were more scenes, like you said, of them just on their individual self. So I could get a sense of who they are outside of their relationship with each other a little bit better. But I do think like this point though, cause it's at like 24, it's at a period in time where, you probably are just coming out of college and you're trying to figure out what are you going to dedicate the rest of your life to? Where do you want to live? What career do you want to establish yourself in? So there's always that thing of like, okay, once you graduate college, where do you go? Like, is it something that you decide just for yourself and what you want to end up doing? Or is there a partner that you have that you also have to take into consideration as you're thinking of what's the next move for my life? So I think that is a very compelling thing they included as well. And it's done in a slightly different way because again, it's not like they're like actually in a relationship and it's not like they were living together and one's like, oh, I want to go over here and I want to go over here. They're already in separate locations. They're already in that long distance relationship. But a lot of times relationships, once they exit the college, um, like once both graduate college and then they have to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? There might be that element of, oh, are we going to try long distance? Are we not going to try it? Um, are we going to be able to endure that for however long we need to until we can come back together? So that idea of like, oh, one year from now, maybe we could see each other, but we can't right now. Would it be worthwhile to, in that year until then, to keep doing this thing where we're not fully together, but we're still trying to commit to each other, but 
we're not able to do in the way we want. So are we cutting ourselves off from being able to explore that with other people that we could relate to and connect with in person? So I think, again, that approach to it, the way that they had this very similar moment in someone's life where you have to decide, like, what are you going to commit to? What are you going to prioritize? And people have to choose. Is it going to be like the relationship you have or is it going to try and be your career and what you wanted to see for yourself? So I think in that sense, it also is really well constructed and really well executed. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and then after that, those scenes where uh, she disconnects with him and then they go their own ways, she meets uh, Arthur at a sort of uh, uh, artist writer, residency, artist residency thing, little yeah. camp thing kind of thing. And you had a complaint, Brian, that I thought was very interesting about the scene where she arrives at the residency. Yes. Well, her going through the house. That was the one part where I was like, maybe the pace, we're going a little too slow through it. It was also because I wasn't fully understanding they were at an artist residency. I didn't know if she was going back to her home to visit. For a second, I thought she was at her parents' I thought that's where it was. So then I was one. And then I forgot she said artist residency. I was like, oh, she's probably there. So that's why I was waiting for like the other shoe to drop. Like, okay, where's the family? Like, we're going to see the mom or the sister. Like, why are we spending so much time through that? Um, but then, yeah, it was just like her finding whatever room she was going to choose. Um, and then later she meets Arthur. So I was just, I think, confused initially going into that scene. So I was like wondering what <laughs> we're doing meandering through the house for such a significant portion of time. I didn't but, have that experience. Yeah, yeah you should have been sitting next to him. He was yawning. <laughs> he, was, he was yelling at the screen. He was moving on, moving like, on. Come on, lady. Let's go. Just choose a room. Come on. Where's the other say. characters? Start heckling the movie, man. man. <laughs> but then, yeah, so we get the meeting with Arthur. And then um, there's some opinions about this as well. What no was the chemistry. Comment? Can we get <laughs> the comment was no chemistry. <laughs> the guest speaker to yeah. say his famous two words. Carlos, well, what was your comment about <laughs> Arthur and Nora? No chemistry, bro. No chemistry. <laughs> it was a funny comment in the moment because the scene was very intentionally they have no chemistry, but then the development of them getting together and having not just very little chemistry with each other was very funny to mm-hmm. me. I I don't know that I I was sitting next to Carlos when he said that, so I was <laughs> laughing. It was it was literally they said like maybe two words to each other it's when it's, they first it's that they first there. see each other and she goes oh you got in late and he goes yeah and she goes you got the bathroom he goes okay and then just walks away <laughs> yeah it's something it's something like that and i i didn't necessarily think immediately oh these two have no chemistry but for carlos to put that thought in my head <laughs> was was very funny and i don't i don't know i've always kind of felt this way of like if you put two people in a room together in like a good situation in their lives and, and they are able to like spend time together, I think they could make a relationship work out of that. I've always kind of thought that because I think people naturally like want to connect with someone. Every person, every, even without like, Oh, not every, sorry. Did I say every, I mean, in general, I think most people like if you put them in the situation that Nyon was put in of, Oh, you're in this residency and here's a guy who will read your stuff and give you feedback and has the same interests and goals in life as you. I think that is like a very 
conducive environment for a relationship to blossom. And so I, I didn't necessarily think initially like, oh, these two have no chemistry. And it's brought up later in the movie of like, oh, well, you know, the history that these two childhood sweethearts have is just so like idealistic and compelling and, and the, the adoring sense that love is the better story that love <laughs> lasts that long. Um, but I, I, I don't think that Arthur, Arthur, I don't think that she and Arthur had like a terrible relationship. No. I just think again, it, it wasn't like the love story that is I think so it's hard beautiful. for us to judge because we get five minutes of them at the very start of their relationship <laughs> where they have a little bit of like a flirtatious thing. And then it cuts to 12 years into their relationship. And they are at that point where it's hard to show really good, strong feelings and chemistry between these two characters who have just been together for that long. I thought the chicken, the chicken Which, wing scene in the bed, I thought, I thought that, that was sweet. Yeah. Did it for me. Like I understood their mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah. I thought that was good. Man it, had his whole leg propped over. Oh yeah, so he did. That was sweet. I like that. Yeah. That I feel like is, is what I imagine like that long of a relationship to be like. Yeah. <laughs> I, Maybe one day we'll know, man. I mean, yeah, 12 years was, was crazy long. Um, the thing that I thought was brilliant about that was that we didn't get to see too much of the relationship early on and that, yeah, they didn't have this dynamite meet cute where they have this huge chemistry together and it's like oh my gosh i thought undeniable. the young part was cute i thought the it was cute but <laughs> that initial meeting like the very first time that they meet it isn't that and then later we assume okay they're like talking to the whole thing as a group and then it's just them two left there and then she does a whole indian thing of explaining what that is and in past lives you may like if you brush up against someone on the street that means that there were however many layers of indian or how many times in past lives you crossed paths so, yeah, and then she says the thing of like, oh, that's just something Korean say to seduce somebody. Um, that was so cute. And he goes, oh, the, now you? Me, me. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. It was. It was nice. I was sold. How many layers of Indian do you guys think we have in One, this room? Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Solid answer. Here you go. Ryan, I think you and I have known each other. Oh, you know what? I think I've known Carlos the longest, if I'm being honest. Sixth grade, man. Yeah, but who has the better meet cute story? <laughs> Carlos and I, because I bullied him. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but you Carlos punched Ryan. In the face. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Happened. How many layers? Of that was a past life that that happened. Not if, this if one. you have a layer of Indian when you brush your clothes, how much does <laughs> it do I get from punching you in the face? <laughs> how far back do our past lives go if I get you? Oh man. So, yeah, I think that that approach of them not having such a strong, like crazy, intense chemistry that we're shown, at least, and we just cut to 12 years later and see them already in that relationship and sort of settle down into it. I think that was a really smart approach because I was wondering how they're going to do that. And it's obvious that it wouldn't be able to match what we had already bought into with uh, Nora and Sung. So why try to do that like why try and create this relationship like relationship and say see like they're just as good or they're just as strong as soulmates it's like no you don't need to do that just show us the very beginning because the 12 years later clearly they're in love clearly they're a good match for each other 
but we're still gonna feel because we have seen the relationship between Nora and Sung. we're gonna feel like that's a stronger one. We're gonna have more of a tie to that, and so it puts Arthur in that predicament of like, how can he compete? Obviously, the two childhood sweethearts reconnecting is the better story, but what is real? Like, what is more just true to real life is that Nora ended up with Arthur, and they good for each other and stay together for those 12 years and so it might not be as amazing of a story or um, lovely of a story but it is still true love that they had and yeah it can't get fully undone by a son coming back into the picture so i think it was smart that they didn't try to make it like oh we're gonna make you love nora and arthur as much as you love nora and a son you just have to believe that they are good for each other and then once the love triangle thing happens, we'll see whether or not their relationship, when it gets tested, can survive. So yeah, I think that was a smart approach. Um, with Nora and Sung's reunion, when that finally comes about. Dude, the shot of the pond, we're yes. going across. Okay, <laughs> so I saw that shot and I went, oh, it's a painting. And then, and then I saw a little movement, and, oh, it's real life. But then it looks so beautiful, I was like, it's gotta be a painting. And then it moved a little more. I'm like, is that is it just a pond? And I was like, no, it's a painting. And then it panned up to her walking. I was like, oh, it's a fucking pond. <laughs> it's so beautifully shot. It was the whole movie, start to finish, is just so gorgeous, so so gorgeous. Absolutely. The New York skyline. Yeah, killer, <laughs> killer skyline. Can you believe that he never went on the ferry ride? Yeah. Arthur. Yeah, Arthur. Yeah, I mean. Plenty of people who live in New York who don't do the touristy things, I'm sure. That's true. When I went to go visit Chicago, mm-hmm. um, one of my mom's friends lives in Chicago. And so we we met up with him. And my mom and I wanted to do this like architecture, architecture, ferry, boat tour thing. Mm-hmm. And so we invited him on. And he was like, oh, I've never been on this. So I guess. And then I was thinking, like, what are the touristy things like here in Orlando that we live here? So we've never done like Ale the house. bus tour type thing. <laughs> Like what is our, what is our tourist attraction that we wouldn't bother to do because we live here? Uh, Gatorland. I've been to Gatorland several <laughs> times. That's good. But the big gator died, didn't he? <gasps> the main big gator. That was that like big attraction, or like world's big gator, or one of the world's big gators. No, the world's largest sure gator that. is Swampy, and he's on uh, Colonial. Oh, okay. By Christmas, actually. No, I don't know about that. Swampy. I don't think it was one single gator he worked in. There was one really big gator. He was like the Shamu of Gator World. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he was like the attraction. He was like, guys, come check out this fat ass gator. And uh, he died. Oh, well. How long did they live? I thought 30 years. Really? 40 years? Let me look it up. Let's see the lifespan of an alligator. Sorry, guys, you're going to learn about gators today. Fact check. We have gone. I mean, it's a Florida based podcast. 30 to 50 years. Okay, Whoa. so we were both right. Yeah. Yet again. Yet again. It's the hot dog <laughs> argument all over again. Dylan and I can't have arguments anymore because it turns out we're always both right now. What was your head off? I don't want to get into it. Let's say that <laughs> for another day. Um, oh, you, God. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. No, you can't do it. <laughs> Ryan, does a hot dog need a bun to be a hot dog? Or is is the part inside the hot dog? What is a hot dog? What is a hot dog? What? <laughs> so you're saying like the sausage that you put in the hot dog, can it be considered a hot dog on its own? Yes. I would say so. Okay. 
Because <laughs> Carlos has got some opinions on this. Oh no. What a great cast. His opinion is that the bun needs to be on the outside for it to be called a hot dog and that the part on the inside is only simply a sausage slash wiener. In the same sense that a burger needs the bun on the outside to be a burger, but the thing on the inside is just a patty. Sure. But I think you can still eat whatever like the meat is like the patty because sometimes my mom will do that too where she won't have the bun she'll just eat like that mm-hmm. i'd still say that's like eating a burger like would you I agree. call it a patty meal i don't i don't really think so and there's also just ground like beef. different types of like sausage as well like when you're going to eat a sausage you're never thinking of like the wiener you would put in a hot dog so i would say that yeah you can wouldn't that be just called a ballpark frank <laughs> That was our argument of, well, what does it say on the package when you buy it? It says <laughs> ballpark, ballpark Frank. It's <laughs> a mindset. Shout out to Ballpark Frank. So was your guys' debate there. At first, I was on Lillian's side. At first, I was on Lillian's side. Which is saying that, that you can call it a hot dog if it's just the wiener on the inside. Right. And then Carlos convinced me by by arguing that you need the bun on the outside. If you look at the thing and you call it a hot dog and then you point to the inside and say, what is that called? You can't also call it a hot dog. But what? then, I feel like, well, I think I've settled on the point of it can just be both. It can just it be can. both. I think it can be both. But it's also, it's one of those things of like, utility wise, what is the thing that makes the most sense? Like, in its most technical sense, maybe you can't call that a hot dog, but if I were to go, if I were to say, that, "Hey, I'm going to the store to buy hot dogs and buns," they know what I'm saying. I'm not buying hot dogs in buns and then additional <laughs> buns. Exactly. I'm buying hot dogs, the wieners, and buns for the wieners to go into to make them into hot dogs. Yes. Very true. And my my initial he's steaming over there on this corridor. <laughs> he's so mad. My initial the initial conversation was that I said I was making hot dogs in dough. And Carlos was absolutely incredulous, saying, how can you put a hot dog in a bone and then in dough? Like, Pillsbury Crescent Rolls. I put I put the ballpark franks inside those and then pigs put them in, in the oven. It is pigs, pigs in a blanket. But my mom always called them hot dogs and dough, so I call them hot dogs and dough. And Carlos was just absolutely dumbfounded why I would put buns into the oven wrapped in extra dough. And I went, why? No. <laughs> it's just the hot dog part. Not the- yeah, I don't say that. When you're saying you're going to go grill hot dogs, too. Like obviously that's I'm referencing really growing the bun springs. You're not throwing the buns on there yeah. too. Not putting the wiener in the bun and then putting that on the grill. All, All right, now that that's so been settled, settled. We did it. We did now, it, that, guys. Yeah, now that that's we've gotten past that, we can go back to the movie. Sorry. So the the bathroom conversation where Arthur is starting to reckon with the fact that his song definitely came here to see Nora. He was not just on vacation. And so he's trying to figure out how she feels about it. He asks first, he was like, is he attractive? And she's like, I think so. <laughs> she's like, do you think he's attractive? And what did she say? Did she, she was like, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. He was, yeah. he was, just, he was just a boy in my head for so long. And then to see him just as a man, it was right. just. She was laying it on thick there though. She was like, she, he's just so masculine in the <laughs> Korean way. And I was like, yeah. She was like, damn. See him do the. Yeah, she was laying it on a little thick there, and I was like, "Damn, poor Arthur." But, but also, what what would you have said in that scenario where you're you're talking to your husband, and obviously she does find him. At you want to be attractive. you want to be honest, but maybe don't lay it on so thick. Maybe just be very to the point about it. Yeah, I think he's handsome. I think she was also like grappling with her own feelings of like, 
I have never seen him like in person. Number one and number but two. Do, would you would you would you concede that perhaps her husband is not the best person to be having that conversation with? Well, he asked her. What is she supposed to say? I don't know. I'm thinking about it still. Well, that make well you feel he obviously worse? asked. He obviously asked, knowing that no matter like the answer is not gonna feel good. That's true. That's true. Because he's That's insecure. Because really. he's insecure, <laughs> and he asked the question, and he got the answer that he didn't want, and then it hurt him. So he got. He, then that additionally makes him feel like more of an idiot for asking. I think there are worse things she could have said. Sure. Yeah. She could be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, I bet he's got a giant dick." Oh, like, stop. She could have said. She could have said a million things worse. Yeah, but I mean. But she also could have just ended it at, "Oh, he's handsome." But she is wrestling through those emotions. But I would argue that Arthur is not the person she should be <laughs> wrestling through those emotions with. That's fair. I understand. Because obviously he's not the guy. He doesn't want to hear it, even though he asked, because he's a fucking idiot. You don't ask that question. Arthur just seemed very sad the entire movie. Yeah, he really fucking did. Like he's big sad. Something about his guy. face, too. Sad boy. Whoever the actor is, I'm sorry. But you just have sad face. Sad face. I mean, it worked for the film. I mean, he was put... Though in a very difficult situation. Because again, it's one of those, like with that question there of like, you don't want to ask that. But he also, like, it's going to eat him up inside because he'll assume the words. Yeah. If he doesn't ask, but then no matter what she says. And I think, I mean, yeah, when she was, she was very honest and candid in a way that's like, oh, she's still like working through the feelings there. But I thought some of what she said of like, we haven't seen each other in so long. And so like that reconnection is intense but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like her being attracted to him just like the situation itself mm -hmm. like reconnecting in a way that's going to be intense no matter what yeah, true. so i think it's like her working through those feelings and being able to articulate it was really good but again no matter what she said he was still gonna take it a bad way because it's just such a difficult situation it's also him like when he says as another point of film he's like he came all this way to see you. It's not like I'm going to tell you you can't see him. What would have been the best choice for him to do? Because obviously he's somewhat insecure about this situation. It's obviously not great to think about, again, like, oh, childhood sweethearts reconnecting, destined lovers. Um, so how are you supposed to combat that? Do you put your foot down and be like, no, you can't see him? Then that makes for resent you and they want to go do it anyway and we she gets in her rebellious it. era <laughs> exactly or do you say which is why he sort of didn't it's like oh yeah go and see him and like go out there and have fun but then you're thinking back in your mind like what if they do hit off so well and then she leaves so like either way you're sort of screwed either you're kind of a jerk for laying down the law so to speak and being like no don't see him at all yeah. and you tell him to like go home and waste his trip um to new york or you give in to the fact that there may be the possibility of them hitting it off extremely well and then now you've lost your partner of 12 years i think arthur did like i think he did everything that he could have done he did the best he could yeah i genuinely i don't think there's anything that i'm like oh he sh he shouldn't have done that because it's like that's how people feel and it's here's like the he thing can. yeah what would you have done if in your relationship someone from their childhood came in and was like trying to reconnect with them obviously searching them out they just got out of their own relationship now they're single and now they're trying to reconnect with someone they haven't seen in 12 years childhood sweethearts 
what would you have done? Would you have let them gone out to a bar at night? Would you have chaperoned them (laughs) like they do at the end? Uh, I probably would not have gone with them because I wouldn't want to be there. I'd be like, you go do your own thing. I think I would very delicately voice a concern of my own discomfort in that situation of saying, I don't think I'm 100% comfortable with the idea of this childhood figure of yours coming out and flying this far specifically to see you. But if you do like, like for your own sanity and closure, if you do need to go and spend time with him because you known him for two decades, you, like, you can do it. But I, I am a little uncomfortable by it, but it's okay. Cause I trust you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think his Arthur's sentiment of, <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you, you can't see him. I think that expresses like, obviously this is not top 10 things of I want to do, but it's like, I understand that like he was a part of your life and you know, he's here and whether or not you guys like were ever romantically together, like he's still a good friend to you and your family. And like, I think I definitely wouldn't be like, Oh, you can't see him. And, and I think to Dylan's point of if you trust your partner, you should be okay with that. And it's okay to like feel insecure and to be like, well, obviously, I think no matter what, obviously, hey, son likes her. Yeah. Even if I was super secure, sending my, my significant other off on what is essentially like a date with a a guy who I know is interested in her would make me uncomfortable nonetheless, but trusting (laughs) my significant other would make me feel more secure about it and okay with it. Yeah, and even though you you like know that he is probably more insecure than the average person, I would say, I think he is still he's like, definitely still got some insecurities. Yeah, I think I think all of us have like parts of that 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 we would yeah. relate to, and so I think he did exactly what I would have done. Do you think he would have gone on the date? You said no. I don't think I would go. <laughs> I think I'd be too uncomfortable. I I'm surprised he went. I think I would the the level of comfort I would have is meeting him and shaking his hand, and then I think I'd have to leave because I would just. I just wouldn't want to be around them. I would not want to be the guy sitting there watching them talk in Korean and not knowing what they're saying. Well, what if she wanted you to come though? Like to, Hey, come meet my childhood friend. I haven't seen him in forever. He doesn't know anyone here. Please come with us. But if, if, if my other knowledge is he is specifically here to hit on you because he's into you. Nah, I think I'm good. I think I'll pass. And I think you should understand why I'd be uncomfortable with that. You don't think imposing your, your presence would, Help oh yeah, you would situation. at least no. Nope, There's no way. I think I would just feel worse. I think I, in the fact, in the sense that Arthur kind of looks like he's just feeling worse, walking behind <laughs> them and watching them talk and clearly like flirt with each other. I would Do just you feel worse. The assurance though that there's no way they're gonna like kiss right in front of you. Like at least yeah. that no. option is off the table. But no. you still have to see them with their chemistry play out. No, you wouldn't take that. You'd rather sit. I'd at home rather and just think trust them they and could let them be go. Kissing right now. Yeah, because I, I, I would trust my partner. What would you do sitting at home by yourself? Play video games like Arthur does. <laughs> Damn. You're right. You just got to trust your partner, bro. So and if you don't trust them, that's a red flag. Would you say you would let your significant other go out to a club? A club? Yeah, why not? You'd let yeah. them go out. I might suggest a Party different venue. I think a bar, yes. That's oh, like with this person. I thought you meant in general. Like would dancing? I, would I, I thought you meant in general. Would it be okay that they go to a club? You meant with <laughs> the person? In either sense. Because, I mean, there are people that would not 
want someone else to go to a club. No, I'm fine if they go to a club in general. If if it's with this 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 person from their childhood that clearly has a crush on them, again, I'd voice my discomfort. Like, you why know, are yeah. you picking such a date specific venue? Why can't you just like go get food or something? Or yeah, go, I always bring my dates go, to the club. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I would I would recommend something like more tame, like going to a bar like mm-hmm. they do, or like going to the circus like they do, like going for a walk. Right, like the things they do are very tame, and I'd be like, I, like I'd be more comfortable with something like that. But, but I can't stop them from doing what they want to do, other than voice my own discomfort. The idea of what did she say? Um, Nyan was like, oh, I Arthur and I did all of our dating here, where mm-hmm. I brought you just now to see this pretty place. Is that worse? That's weird. Yeah, if I was... But it's like, oh, this is the best my city has to offer, which is why I had all my days here. So I'm bringing you here because I think this is a cool place in the city. Um, I think I would have done that. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, well, you just want to take them to your favorite places, yeah. sure. Ryan, what would you do with your significant other? Would you be comfortable? With what? Which question? If, if <laughs> there was worse? a childhood... We've gone through uh, a lot. Someone from their childhood... <laughs> Who was coming back and wanting to go and like spend time with them, and you knew that yeah. they had feelings for them? How would you feel about it? How would Where you, would you take? How, them? how would you? What would you do? If <laughs> the you were, bar, the club, if you the were, dating oh spot. If you were in Arthur's situation, where would you? What would you do? I would probably do the same thing of voicing the concerns of like, let's be real. Of like, he's definitely doing this because he wants to see if there's some chance of being able to reconnect. And have you and him become a couple? Mm-hmm. So as long as you like voice that, and we're like, how do we feel about that? <laughs> like, how do we understand where that's coming from? I would also say, like, yeah, trusting your partner is going to be the best thing to do. But also, I mean, that's easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see in that film, like he is the best case scenario for being like supportive of it, and, like allowing it to happen, and ends up meeting him as well. You can see, again, there'd be other people that are like, no, you definitely can't see him. No, definitely don't bring him to meet me. Don't bring him to our house. Don't bring him to the places we've dated. Don't do any of that stuff. And some of that may be out of like insecurity, yeah, but Mm -hmm. is it also wanting to preserve what you guys have and making sure that nothing may unnecessarily threaten that? So, again, I can see both sides to it. Again, I would probably be like, yeah, you can go and like hang out with them and just see you guys reconnecting as mm. friends and seeing if there's anything to that. Um, Cause it's not like, again, it's not inevitable that they'd end up together. It's not like it needs to be that way, but they could just reconnect and be friends. And this has been 12 years since they last talked. They're at a place in their lives where she's settled down. He's still figuring that out in a way, but he's like, he's about on the cusp of settling down. So it's like, they don't, need to always have this thing of like we are only defined by the fact that we could have been together but we weren't they could have just ended up as friends as well so Mm -hmm. i think giving her that opportunity to reconnect with someone who Mm -hmm. was very important to her from his her time in seoul and in korea like they made up as well like him being a sort of connection she has to her homeland taking that away from her feels like it would be very just fraught to do so i think like allowing her to have that chance and again trying to trust in her to do that would be the best route but it's still something you're going to be uncomfortable with and i don't think 
like just saying, oh, you're insecure about it and you don't trust your partner enough. I feel like inevitably you're going to have that sense of discomfort because mm -hmm. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to like have some level of fear about losing someone that you love and have been with for 12 years? Mm -hmm. I feel like that obviously makes sense. Going back to the other point, though, mm -hmm. if they were going to the club, you would say no. But in general, I wouldn't say no. I would just voice my discomfort. I wouldn't say no to anything. It's not my place to tell them no. It's them. It's their place to understand my discomfort and want to create a situation where everybody can be comfortable. Especially if you sold it in the same way she did. Of like, this is the best part. Like if 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 they came and I was like, hey, this nightlife is the best part of our city, and let me show you what how cool it is. Like mm -hmm. I, that's, I think that would yeah. be the same. So same. There was one thing in this film. There's no dancing. Which makes me sad. What? I would have liked to throw some dancing. Wouldn't you have imagined, you, like in all these performances? I'm just saying. Is I, that picture, not I agree with Ryan. I picture dancing in, in like romantic movies, but I feel like it would have been awkward. But that's what I'm saying. Like if only Arthur and Nora probably could have danced connection. and not made it awkward. Right. Perhaps. Now, what if in the hypothetical, uh, the the childhood friend comes over to the house, right, and you are with your significant other, and your significant other opens the door, and the childhood friend goes. <laughs> what would you do in that situation? That's his girl now. Yeah, say no. What is this? You said, lost, uh, right? Or so what? what you... No, the the childhood friend says that to your significant other, yeah, opening the crazy. door to them. Yeah, <laughs> what would you do? Would you would you would you let them go on their date? That'd be hilarious. I'd say this guy's funny. Let's he has like a cartoon heart <laughs> pump out of his chest. Boom, 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 boom. That's great. Um. I mean, obviously that's absurd. But you already know anyway the intentions. Like you know in his head he's saying Abuka. So what difference does that make? Yeah. You let your you significant well other go out to the club alone. I think you, you sold it to me of no, no, oh, no, no, not like even without club, that. So I'm I saying in general, in real life, not childhood sweethearts coming from a foreign land. Oh sorry. Say again. In today's world, mm -hmm. if your significant other was like, Yama go with the club. Well, are they visiting from somewhere else? No, I'm not saying like there's no friends. Person. There's no one they're taking. They're saying they're just going to the club. They oh, just go by themselves? To the club, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I mean, yeah, what? If they're going to go with their friends or something, like, yeah. I'd be like, home. do you want me to come with? Because I'll go. I'd think about it. I'm not a big club guy. I'm saying like that as an arena where clearly there's a lot of statement. people courting other people. You're fine with them going off to those. You guys used to let me go to the club by myself all the time. I don't want to hear it. Chose what do you mean to go to your club by yourself? Well, how am I going to stop Because you I was really? like, guys, I want to go to the club. Please come with me. And you were all like, no. And I was like, fine. I'm going myself. Hope I don't die, Lamau. Number one, you have plenty of female <laughs> friends that you could have taken with you. Also, again, that's not the no, hypothetical we're bringing up here. So I don't care if you die. So we have gone to the club <laughs> before. Yeah, but I'm saying Jeez. on my, <laughs> on my no, but yeah, if they want to go to the club, it's fine. Jacket wearing guy who's trying to get me in the car with four other Russian guys, which is well, it's awful. That's so that's why I'm saying, like, one for safety reasons, would you like let them go out? Again, you were going on. You didn't need to go on. Again, again, female friends. Again, again. dude, I asked everyone. Define let them. Then don't do that again, Ryan. Define let them because how am I going to stop them? Well, I'm just saying. Edit all this out. No, no, we're keeping, keeping it, it in. Because no. this is like with the before Sunrise episode. It's just, what? this shows the power of the film, which it gets you thinking about your own life and different things. Gunther. Gunther. Stop. So, I'm saying. Guys, hot dog princess. Oh my goodness. You know, <laughs> stop. Clubs are areas where people are trying to court other people. Uh -huh. yeah, some, some girls just trying to dance. Drinks are flowing, people are dancing. That is true, but most of the time, most people 
trying to give with someone. So letting your significant other go into a place like that, this Ryan, is testing you? the trust part would you? of what I'm saying. I don't know. You don't know? You no, think you would no. tell them no? I like would be you, like, let's go. I'd be like, I'm, wait, 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 I'm hang dancing. On, hang on. If I, you couldn't go to the club, if you couldn't make it out, but they still wanted to go without you, would you be like, no, don't go? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, do you... No, I'm asking you. Would you? Well, but again, that, the thing I'm bringing up is because you know that is a place, same thing with like the Hey Sun example, you know other people are there are going to try and go after yeah. your significant other. I've so, had a significant, a significant other who's gone to the club many times without she me. She hated the club. Yeah, well, and I had... People went after I her. went with her and she hated every minute. Well, I had no problem with, with her going to the club. It was fun. And I trusted her and it was fun. Yeah. That's also, the girlies just want to dance. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, there is that thing of, like, people are going to be... I don't know. For me, it's more of a safety issue than... I mean, uh, I agree with that, which, again, I, I don't know why you me. went alone. Yeah. You could have just waited. We have gone what? to the club as a group before. We yeah. didn't. Yeah. That was like months ago, prior to the invent in question. Also, I was, I was literally, I was texting Mason in the club, and I was like, Mason, please come, <laughs> please come. And he was like, no. So anyway, that's just what I'm bringing up of the same thing of like, hey son, like, would you? Because there's obviously a limit. Like, you're not going to let someone go on like an official date, of course, but. When does someone going out with a friend or reconnecting with a childhood sweetheart become a point where it is like essentially a date? Would you let your significant other like go out to dinner with a friend or maybe get boba? Ooh. Would you do that, Ryan? Hot tea. Yes. In a certain <laughs> circumstance where they're clearly friends and just that. Yeah. That's not okay. I would also do that. <laughs> I would, would voice a little discomfort, you? but I would let them do it. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we got to cut a lot of this out. <laughs> Please. It's got off the rails. The, anyway, I'm just saying we'll it's an interesting thing to bring up of like, what is the limit? Where do you define of like, no, that is actually someone encouraging, 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 an incursion on their relationship. Where, there you go, for sure intruding on the relationship in a way that isn't acceptable and where you wouldn't let the other person because again you're not going to let like say another go on a date with someone else i feel like there's there are unofficial things where it's like you're going into a place where clearly people are going to be pining after you i feel like when you're with someone there's like a gut level of discomfort with something that they might do and like that kind of clues you into okay why am i feeling this way about something that they're doing and like you have to think about like why do you feel uncomfortable with them doing this and then you should bring it up and talk to them about like, Hey, my gut was making me feel uncomfortable. I thought about it. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with this, this, that. And then they would say, okay, well, this, this, and this, and then you like have a conversation about it. But at no point am I going to be like, nah, honey, you can't go to the club. You stay here. (laughs) I think their intentions also matter to me a lot. Like why do they want to go? Because it's like, if, if you feel uncomfortable about going, then I'm going to feel uncomfortable. But it, like, again, if they were like, oh, I really want to go dancing. And I was like, I'm not feeling it. And they like went by themselves. I would be like, all right, have fun. Yeah. Like they just want to dance. Yeah. Yeah. But I think in that, in that same scenario of like, like I'm trying to think of somebody I knew 12 years ago who I had a crush on. And like, if they came back right now, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to put myself in that scenario. Um, and I feel like for the most part, there are like, like, these are your friends. These are people in your life. 
please go out to dinner, please catch up, please do all of those things. Yeah. And I don't <clears throat> think, well, I don't know. There are definitely parts where I think I would feel uncomfortable. I don't think I would ever get to the point where I was like, don't do that. And I don't know that unless there was like something. So if I really thought that, that, yeah. that she might end up with him, I want to, then, wanna, then I, I would be like, gonna, I want to say something first. I'm yeah. going to, I want to cut this part out because I don't want this to be actually in the podcast, but I want to bring it up because we're talking about it. Yeah. And I want to thinking like, the same. You're going to have to edit this so much. And no, I does, this needs to be up this weekend. I will you know, edit. Like I will. I will. Do you have your girlfriend wear shorts? <laughs> no, but there was one time. No, no goddamn it! <laughs> no. There was there was one time where, um, uh, like maybe in like May or. You just wanted to do that. I'm leaving that in. No, that's the way to do it. That's so you can see the thing. It's the three big blips. I'll find it. Really? I'm just saying now you can easily. Can I be there when you edit it? (laughs) I'm gonna leave all the boops in. (laughs) Now you're not gonna know where to come and cut it in. (laughs) I'm gonna gonna leave in all the boops. Oh my goodness. Um, So the hypothetical then that I was gonna bring up. So we're saying with the childhood sweetheart, but what if it was an ex? They did date. I would feel much more uncomfortable. Not when they were 12. Say they were like a legit 12 years ago. Say they were actually dating a real, real. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just think it's funny. It's a uh, funny example yeah. to like throw into every conversation. <laughs> um, without naming names. I mean, let me do that. So with no naming names, guys. Exactly. So say that they had actually dated. Sung was Nora's ex from mm-hmm. 12 years before. Sure. When they were young adults. Does that change things? Don't? Yeah, I think I'd be more uncomfortable. And I don't think a person that I'm dating would want to spend a lot of time with that person. That's a very fanciful yeah. and However, exes are easy. different though, because that means you dated, realized that you weren't cool together, and then broke up. Yeah. So then it's okay to hang out with them? Well, because I think. Either you don't like them like that anymore, or you hate their fucking guts. Like, I don't think there are really any other ways to end a relationship. You True, know what I mean? but counterpoint. Maybe they just want to try something new. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. What yeah. happens when both of them got out of their relationships? They immediately came back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that shows that for all because that time, they are the benchmark for good relationships. They had the other people in their mind. No, I'm just saying. There's also plenty of on and off relationships. I'm sure you know people that do that. They break up and they get back together. Yeah, you can say those are toxic, but they also exist. Like those oh, are real things that happen. So it could be a case where yeah, they break up or whatever at that time. But it could also be one of those things of yeah, certain breakups happen not because you hate each other's guts, but because things don't work out or you're going to different periods in your life or maybe one of you goes off to a different place for college one goes off to a different country or something like that and so you don't want to do long distance you know that's a good point come back i take it back you maybe i think if i was with somebody that long it would be somebody that i was confident would never like cheat on me or like cross any lines so i would trust them enough to do to, for 12 years though but then yeah. again you're always saying 
like who goes into a relationship what would you do ryan this person probably would cheat on me you you never think that and you always want to trust them but you would there's people that it happens what would you do ryan would you would you get some spy goggles and go follow them to the dinner no, I'm just saying, what would you do? I'm asking a hypothetical for you guys because I'm trying what? to. Find, I just told you. Where I gave you my answer. Where I gave you my answer. What was your answer? You're saying my answer was that I would, would trust let them, them do it. That I would voice an X. I told them that I, I told you that I would voice any discomfort that I had. I would hope that they would make a choice that made me feel comfortable, and I would years. trust them. And if it led to a fight, it leads to a fight. If it leads to a fight, it leads to a fight. It but, happens. So now, what would you do, Ryan? What would then, you do? What would you do, Ryan? Even if it was an ex, you're not going to try and put your foot down and be like, you cannot go. I am not the guy to put my foot down. That's not the thing that I do. I, I think saying you cannot is like... It's so crazy. It's just a red flag yeah. for you. Like, I... You can't do that. Yeah. Like, express your discomfort. Tell me why you would like that I don't do it. But you can't forbid me from doing anything. And if you do... I feel like that will make me resent you more than anything. Right, which is why I'm saying that one thing. But there's obviously times where, again, if some person asked you on a date, would you put your foot down? And on you it? said yes to that person, and then you're saying to others like, you cannot go on that date with that person, and you're going to be like, you can't tell me what to do. I resent you for doing that. It's like, at what point does it become? Oh, it's a red flag, and you're being insecure. Or, or what point does it become like? You need to set boundaries in your relationship mm-hmm. that preserve it and make sure that nothing threatens it unnecessarily. Because again, in a perfect world, yeah, you can go on all the quote unquote dates or go on like single outings, just one on one with friends um, that may have an interest in you, but you will never do anything and your partner can depend on you and make sure would that, you, that doesn't happen. Would you, but we live in a world where that doesn't happen. Would you, would you put your foot down, Ryan? Would you put your foot down? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the situation. because there's. You can't just I say, know. I don't know. I gave an answer. What's your yeah. line? Would you put your foot down? I would definitely voice the concerns and be like no, i would shit. extremely <laughs> yeah. that's what we all said appreciate i love when he does his shaggy voice <laughs> what his shaggy oh, voice. Like, wrong. no shit <laughs> <laughs> you just copied us <laughs> i would say that's probably a fair boundary to set to be like it depends again on like the exact type of x that it is but if it's someone where like it didn't it ended amicably they were in a long-term relationship for a long time you can see there could be the potential for them to get back together i think it's a fair boundary to set of like no don't do this in the same way that again there's the implicit understanding you're not going to go on dates with other person okay say okay, somebody so, came to so, you and was like i'm going to go on this date with a person they're not gay but it's just a one-on-one situation with a friend how would that work and then you'd say no don't do that okay let me throw a hypothetical back at you then okay let's say you're dating someone and you want to hang out with your ex and they say that makes me uncomfortable. What would you do? Would you never see that person again? <laughs> so that's an interesting point. If you were in the flip scenario, yes. would if you, you were Nora, if they put their foot down to you, you can't go. What would you do? Would you that's agree crazy. with them? Because you said that it's, would it's, you, it's them? you you said it's perfectly normal for them to set that boundary that's and funny. that and that you would you would understand. So would you not see that person again? That's funny. It is a, a good hypothetical to bring up. You would need to figure out what type of ex it is. If it's a scenario where it was not <laughs> that significant of a relationship, <laughs> very short and brief and from forever ago, I think it'd be a reason to be like, Some oh, people, that like still that. might make them uncomfortable. <laughs> There's still chemistry That's there. That's genuinely true. You yeah. Know, that might be true. And they, say, that, and they well, say, I don't want you to see that person ever again. 
that might come from a bigger place of insecurity than a genuine sense of like this would be threatening to the relationship but again you can see why that might why you understand might why that might be you would need to weigh out i might be a little discovered i was gonna that, say like whether if, or not if that happened and you were and she if you do this does not make for good podcast okay we'll come back in a second I think, I think Fun. You go anyway. Garlo's king scummy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would say at that point, again, you'd have to figure out, is it a make or break boundary where it's like, if I continue being friends with this person or I just go and see them one time just to catch up and you say that would be catastrophic to our relationship, then you'd have to decide, okay, no, we won't do that. I think it's easier to just be like, okay, fine, I won't like reconnect with that person. How many layers of in young makes time. it inappropriate to spend time <laughs> yeah, with them? How many layers question. of in young? Uh-huh. Um, it's it's a funny thing to to think about. What if though you're married and you have kids, but then you divorce, but then right. you're always going to need to have a certain amount of that's connection different. to that's true, your but also entirely ex-wife. That's and nothing but any that's of us saying. have any experience. In- I yeah. know. But I'm just saying it's taking a hypothetical to another level. But but that's different because there's a reason to be in contact with the yeah. kids. Like right. if you don't have kids and you are not seeing each other, there's nothing really keeping you together other than your choice to be together. Right. And that choice alone is odd in certain situations. Not all situations. <laughs> certain situations. Sure. It's a great episode. <laughs> all these hypotheticals whatnot. So you're saying you would let your significant other go out with their ex? Of seven years. Of seven years? Yeah. So they've been dating for seven years. And they broke up amicably. They didn't hate each other's guts. I can't imagine. They even said the words to each other. Maybe in a future life. Maybe not this life. But maybe in the next life. We could have done this. I can't imagine someone that I'm dating wanting to spend time with an ex. They keep saying that. Which is in a perfect world. I just can't imagine my... So you know, I was ever doing something that would so make me. So if I was in a situation fun. where I was very serious with someone, maybe even married with them, and they were like, "Hey, I dated this guy for seven years, and he wants to hang out. Would it be okay if I hung out with him?" At that point, I think I would want to go to that dinner. <laughs> you would go. Now we need to chaperone. This is not. This is not like a not a chaperone, but this is like not like no. a childhood like crush. This isn't like just yeah, a stranger from the past. This is someone that they dated for seven years. I want to see like what their interactions are like to see what level of amicable they are with each other just out of curiosity did it end well i'm assuming i'm assuming if i've dated this person long enough i've already heard stories about the person that they're going on for sure this date with and i know enough about him so that if it did end amicably i don't know i feel like i feel like if it did end amicably and they wanted to spend time together i would be comfortable with it because i know stories about him or her or whatever and would be fine with them going on that date because I trust my significant other. And if it didn't end amicably, then I have nothing to worry about because they fucking hate each other. Interesting. So then what's the line? Say somebody, she says, now, Ryan, someone asked me on a date and they're just someone that I think could be a friend. I'm going to say, no, let's not be in a romance, but let's, yeah, see if we want to be friends. They go on a one-on-one thing to get drinks. Or actually, they go to the club. Okay. They say, I want to go to the club. Someone asked me to a date. They want to go to a club. I'm going to lay down the law and be like, look, 
it's not happening, but we can maybe see if we're going to be friends. Ryan just said, I'm going to lay down the law. It's not happening. Sorry, ladies. I don't think I'm the guy to lay down the law. It's not my thing. So you're saying somebody asked that you're seeing another on a date. I think it's something that would lead to a An fight. An explicit date. I they said, I want to date. <laughs> go to the club. I think it's something that would lead to a fight because I would, I would explain my discomfort and why I don't think they should do this thing. And it's ultimately their choice. So frame it another way. When I say easy. laying the law, I'm saying like, is this a boundary that you're saying, if you break it, we are done? Oh, like no. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to pull the we're done card. You so never then where do you the draw the line? So they're, fight. they're just now dating fight. someone for three months. Mm-hmm. They've gone to the club every other week. Do you lay the law then? Like, when do you say... I don't this like is the a... phrase lay the law. <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> stupid. Please. Then another phrase is just literally marking... Okay, well, that could be nothing. But I would have a discussion. Like, I would set a boundary set in the in the form of a what are boundaries for if not to enforce when they uh, yeah you should set boundaries so i would set a boundary in a productive conversation i would say hey i think you're going to the club a little too much i'm not a big fan of the club i don't think we've seen each other a lot why don't we just spend this weekend you know together and if they said no three months into the relationship hey maybe it just doesn't fucking work out do you love them do you? <laughs> I'm saying Apparently they are not. now in a three-month dating relationship with that person that asked yeah, someone no, I'm to saying date. in the fight, I say, do you love them? Do you love that other person? <laughs> Wait, what? Say again, Ryan? I'm saying, no, no, no. After they started going on a date, because you let them go on a date with that person that explicitly said, I want to date you, and then you're... <laughs> Taped down. The audience just got nuked. My Sorry. So, the, so they have now... Gone on multiple hangouts, 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 but it's one on one entanglement, one on one hangouts for at least three months now. Okay. At that point, does it become an issue when it's six months, when it's one year, when I think it would have become an issue a lot sooner than three months. Okay, so it's been one month. I think. When do you? I think a prolonged exposure would would merit a conversation of like, why are you spending so much time with this individual? So meriting conversation. But when do you say? Either, yeah. When do you say, <laughs> is this something that you're going to continue and oh, want to pursue instead of this relationship? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to commit to that's my relationship with you? Come, I don't know when. I'm not going to give it a timeline. It just happens when it happens. So I'm saying, though, I'm trying to figure out, though, when is the limit where you, quote unquote. But I'm saying that one time. If it seems, If it seems like they are very interested in spending time with this individual. And it seems like maybe they would want to <laughs> pursue something again with this individual as opposed to me. Then I might ask the question of, hey, where is this going? Where am I involved in this? Why? I, like, I need to be considered in, in the plans you're clearly making without me. Right. That is the boundary I would set. Okay. And then say they continue going out with that person. And it probably just ends. Okay. That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm saying, when do you say, like, look. It this ends when it feels like I'm no longer a priority. If we are to be. Yes. But I feel like in the context of the movie, the one time does not. Yes. I agree. I'm just saying I'm trying to extend now, Ryan, it to see you where. Now I got go. a hypothetical back for you. <laughs> oh, now let's say you are interested in spending time Our with show. a significant, a former significant other or someone who you had a connection with in the past, but they have a long-term significant other. How likely are you, like, how far into the line do you go without crossing it? Mm. What? Sorry. If you're in, if you're in his shoes, what's his, what's the character's name? Arthur. Hey Song. No, Hey Song. If you're in oh. Hey Song's shoes, 
Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And you, went for I would not do what he's doing, but all fair in love and war, I guess. He's saying, I'm shooting my shot. You wouldn't said, do any of it? Safe, he I'm didn't really, though. Well, he, he just wanted very to see clean. her. He flew to America and then in front of her husband in Korean was like, hey, like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> just really. Yeah, in the bar scene, he was like rizzing her up a little. Dude, he, <laughs> at the ends, if she went for the kiss, he definitely would have gone for it. There's no shot he wouldn't have. Yeah. You know. I don't think he would have been the one but who initiated. He wasn't going to initiate. Yeah. If she leaned into it, it, he would have gone for it. And like specifically at the end, when he doesn't bring up like even the possibility of like in a future, like he just goes, oh. Yeah. Anyway, you wouldn't do any of it, Ryan. You would never, if, if your past. Someone from your past was seeing someone else. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't no. even try. Wouldn't even bother. Wow, a, a gentleman. Lily wouldn't even you. invite them on your show. <laughs> <laughs> That's crossing the line. <laughs> um, sorry. Let me think about it for a second. You're saying I, there's somebody. Well. I, th- I genuinely believe intention is so much of this. Would you be a homewrecker? Say that you legitimately are trying to do it. You like, you... <laughs> um, Your intention is that you don't necessarily want to rip them away from the life that they have, but I you would do it if they wanted it. I mean, yeah, it's the thing of like, if you truly feel that, that is your soulmate, why wouldn't you do whatever you thought was necessary to be with them? But it's also like... At what point is it wrong? Yeah. I mean, I'd say in any sense, it's but i mean again it just depends on what the situation is and do you think it's worth trying to disrupt whatever happiness they had and whatever life they had now built for themselves to try and undo that so that you could gain your happiness obviously there's a level of selfishness to it you can also try to frame it in a way where like oh no but they'd be happier with me so then you mm-hmm. rationalize it that way but hey, in that. either case it's obvious that it's like you're trying to break up a couple so it's not yeah. a great thing i hate that rationalization they'd be happier with me it's so stupid yeah. i do think happy that, happy. like for hey sung to some extent it was like about finding closure of like this never happened i need to know 100 percent that this will never happen and so i can stop like thinking about her mm-hmm. and so i think sure. if that was my headspace then yes i am like i just need to see you one last time and well, I was gonna say tell you all the things I have to tell you, but maybe I guess he doesn't do that. Well, he kind he of does, does a little, yeah, at the bar. Yeah, but I don't think he. I don't think he, he crosses the line, the line with what he's saying. He skirts the line of like I need to tell you this stuff in order to get that closure. Well, yeah, That's he fair. recognizes clearly that he was like in some other way of the events playing out. Had I gone to visit you twelve years ago, mm. or had you not left Korea, we might have been married. There would have been kids. something. Yeah, like would mm-hmm. we have been? What you have now with someone else like he was bringing that up because i think he needed to like acknowledge that to her and then see how she felt and i think they got confirmation that she was also like yes like there could have been something there like had things been out differently i would have been on board for that but then he recognizes too sitting at a bar with the husband right there he's like but that's not how things played out and so even though it would have been nice this is how our story ended. We're not able to actually like follow through on that what if. So he said the line of, for me, you're someone who leaves, but for him, you're someone who stays, which was a beautiful line. So heart-wrenching, but so effective. So yeah, I thought 
that way that they tied things up allowed him to get the closure that he needed uh, but then her as well to also get that closure on her end i think was very beautiful yeah mm-hmm. hey ryan what's up truth or dare <laughs> what? Yeah. let's get through this <laughs> we're so close to continuing so we talked about the thing at the bar which again fantastic and then with the ending ending i thought it was another brilliant choice to have them be just alone so we don't have arthur chaperoning she's like i'm gonna walk him down to the uber so we do get that period of time where us as the audience were like okay at least acknowledge the fact that there was something here in the past that could have been but they sort of acknowledged they're not gonna pursue that but now they're alone for one final time and then they walk I was listening to an interview with um, Celine Song. Mm. When they do that long trekking shot at the end where they're walking right to left, it's her walking into the past, walking with Taesung towards the past. And then they pause at that period in time, and then we do that short, like, cut back to them as children, and then go back to the present. And then we see them waiting, and they sort of turn to each other. And did you guys see, too, I was looking, it looked like she was, like, leaning forward. Like, I was looking at her feet, and it looked like she was doing a little bit of a Michael Jackson thing, leaning forward. And so I was like, this is crazy. So like, they're so close that maybe you're doing that. Um, but then of course, they're thinking it about it, happen. but they're like, thinking about it, that minute of tension, thinking of about just it. being there. And we knew like he, the tension was fantastic. Point, was she going to go for it? And you can see like leaning in and just like going through those possibilities, but the Uber came, cut it short. So we don't know. Maybe if it had been, if you were in her positions, Ryan, would you have gone for the kiss? No. Lily, would you have gone for <laughs> no. the kiss? Yeah, me neither. I just wanted wanted to hear the devil's, the the argument of, yes, I would have gone for the kids. Well, I think when we left the theater, that's what I was saying of like, it is, it's like sad that you only have like, I'm going to (laughs) cry. You can cry. Like you don't get to pick both. Yeah, no, you got to choose. Like you don't get to find out what would have happened with one person. You like, you missed it. And now it's just like, this is what you have. And you don't get to, you don't get to see both sides. You just, you, you pick one and that is this life for you. But then maybe in the next life, you get to see what it's like. That's true. That's the yin yang. Yin yang. Yin yang. An yang. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, yeah, he said that line there of like, maybe this is just one of our past lives. And in another life, we'll be able to. That's a very good be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was beautiful. So amazing. And yeah, I was telling <laughs> it's a little one time when we were going to the, the dinner. I had to pee something fierce <laughs> in this film. It, like starting halfway through, my bladder was why full. wouldn't you just go during the film? Are you crazy? In the middle in the middle of it is better than than having that feeling of needing to piss during that I emotional. I was gonna be like that one chick that walked out <laughs> at the very end, like the most important part. We were talking about that earlier. She left right in the <laughs> middle of the most important part. Felt Even so the her like boyfriend next to me, he did like this as she was walking by. Oh, so funny. So yeah, I I mean I went before the movie started. I thought it would have been fine. I don't know why it happened. It's only an hour and a half. I know that's bro. what I'm saying. I don't know. Come on, what man. Happened. Again, I I prepare for this. You guys know I like to stay hydrated. Tiny better man. And I make sure it's not tiny better. It's just I'm tiny always hydrated. Man. So I went before and I thought that'd be fine, but it was not. So halfway through it started up. I was like, God dang, it's gonna prevent my emotional investment in it. I'm fully connected. <laughs> I've got my bladder trying to yell at me to 
get released. I think you should have just pissed your pants. I mean, great. So I, let's it go. Let's it all go. He's crying and pissing himself <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> what a story that would be, guys! I love this movie so much. He meets he meets Celine Song in real life. Your movie was so moving that I pissed myself. Not a little bit. I fully destroyed those pants. Fully wet myself. So, when it got towards that bar scene, we'll buy you some diapers next time. Thanks. I was amazed that it went away because I got the lump in my throat. You know, when you're like sort of on that verge of tearing up and crying. Mm-hmm. So that completely took away the focus. Like, physiologically, the focus was not. And then he relaxed on my throat and just pissed no, himself. No, no. But so I wasn't thinking of that. So I was fully plugged in. And then same here at this point in time, because when that went away, when it was that brief period of like the two guys at the bar talking. Yeah. Then he came back and I'm like, oh, great. I need to go back again. But then when this thing happened, when they were there on the street, it also went away and it was just the lump in my throat that was there. Mm-hmm. And then they say their goodbyes. And then she starts walking back left to right towards her future, right? Her present, which is Arthur sitting there waiting for her. But then she starts crying. She starts sobbing. Mm-hmm. And that almost got me. I was like, oh my gosh. I like seeing Arthur comfort her. That was nice. That was super sweet. That was very yeah. sweet. Her, him like knowing that like whatever he happens there, it was going man. to be very, she was going to be distraught after that. So he needed to be there to support her. I thought that was beautiful. So yeah, that ending was just magnificent. Absolutely stuck the landing in every mm-hmm. possible way. And that's why I thought, like again towards the beginning of the film i was like okay i'm liking this but i don't know if it's like five star like this is absolutely hitting on all cylinders but that ending the way it all built up to that and we got that big emotional release it 100 percent worked like it all came together there so again are there were some things that would change in the build-up maybe the mm. execution was amazing oh yeah had so much feeling and power behind it, it was so it absolutely worked for me mm-hmm. does anyone else have anything else to say about the movie yeah i am um, i wasn't crying until she started crying like walking back and i was like oh man that sucks and then but i was like like my eyes were watery and like my lip was quivering a little bit but i wasn't like crying crying and then carlos after the movie turns to me and goes guys I hope in the next life we're still friends. And in every life after that. And then I started like sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that got me. What about her crying made you want to cry? Well, I, like you watch it happen and you're like, damn, that sucks. That is so sad. But then you like watch her be like, oh my God, that meant so much to me. And like, I will probably never see him again. And that, re- like, watching her realize that, and then making me realize that, that's, that's like, what got me. Of, that is that is a part of my life I, I will never get to have again. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you put it beautifully before, of you can't have both. So it's that major what if in her life that she knows, I mean, through them reconnecting, knows that it would have been something great and something special. But now that chapter has fully been closed. And it's just sad, like that melancholy of the what could have been if things were different, but now you can never fully know that and fully experience that. And it just sucks that there is only the one life that you get to live to try and experience that. It was just, I think it all came crashing down on her then. You could also see too, because she 
there's that one line when he said that to her like oh what do you think we would be in the next life and she says oh, i don't know like she didn't really give into the fantasy that he was spinning there even though clearly she wanted to but you know she would have loved that as well but she like holds off in that moment in that conversation um but then it all sort of overflows when she's walking back she is able to release all of that just longing and pain of the what could have been and not being able to fully experience that so yeah i think that and it being yeah almost certainly the last time that they would see each other again so it's like this person that meant so much and also could have meant like even more could have been a life partner now you're walking away for good it's just tragic so i think it all poured out in that moment and we gotta mention the performances for all three of these like main characters is honestly like really small cast of our principal characters but greta lee as nora fantastic oh yeah so amazing kills it the the way that i mean the understated performances but every single glance every single silence in between their conversations all of it is just immaculate so seeing her finally like release having that outpouring at the end it was tough yeah very emotional anything else all right how many layers of inyun out of five do you rate this movie (laughs) lillian five right i'm giving it a five as well. The emotion at the end there, the way it stuck the landing, so amazing, so beautiful. I definitely want to watch it again and see if anything changes with it. But for now, I think just the power it was able to have, the emotions it was able to invoke at the end, so good, so beautiful. Carlos, out of five? Five. Five. Oh. We give it Dylan. a 4.5. Dylan, <laughs> you brought it up at least, though. You were originally yeah. saying like. An I eight. said 8.5 out of 10. Um, Which I would round up to four point five anyway. I said eight. I think you said eight. I said eight point five. Maybe you'll. I think if I watch it again, it will go up to a five. But right now, I'm going to leave it at four point five. Talking about it, maybe like it more. So thank you for that, guys. But it's still going to be at a four point five. Anyway, that's all the time we have. If you like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph and Pig. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast I'll be listening to. Thank you so much to Lillian Snyder for coming out. Woohoo! Thanks for having me. Thank you to Carlos for letting us use his mic and sit in the chair next to us while we talk. Yep. All right. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.